And welcome everyone to another Smart Money Circle show. I'm Adam Sarhan. With me today is George Ng, who's the CEO of Processa Pharmaceuticals, ticker symbol PCSA. George, thank you so much for taking the time to join today. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you, Adam. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate the invite and the opportunity. George, I would like to begin. Can you tell us a little about you and your background, please, how you got to where you are today? Sure. I've I've, I've actually been interviewed on the, in this area because I've had a, a unique, uh, uh, I guess, uh, path to where I am today. So I started out uh, with a biochemistry background and an econ background, did a few years of reproductive genetics research, and then ended up uh, disappointing my parents by not going to medical school uh, and ended up in law and uh, ended up starting out as a patent attorney. I, you know, I mean, given my science background and then morphed into uh, more of a general counsel corporate role. And uh, at one point in time, I've been a chief legal officer, chief compliance officer, uh, you know, as well. And uh, then uh, moved over to the business side of things. And at one point in time, I've been a President, uh, CEO, uh, board member, chief operating officer, chief administrative officer, chief business officer of privately held as well as publicly traded, you know, companies as well. So, and then now I'm currently the CEO of Processa Pharmaceuticals. Oh, very nice. And I know you have a background in pharmaceuticals as well in the corporate side. Can you explain some of that, please, to the audience? Sure, sure. So, uh, I've uh, been in the pharmaceutical life sciences industry for over two decades, and uh, in various roles, um, everything from the business side of things to, uh, it, you know, legal side of things as well, um, and have uh, helped, you know, been involved in all stages of uh, drug development, uh, from uh, preclinical to clinical to commercial. And I've done everything from uh, help lead preclinical teams move and help products move through clinical development all the way through launching, you know, you know, leading the commercial product launches of, of various drug products. And so I've done all that. Uh, I've sold companies. I've helped take companies public as well. So oh, very nice. I love that. Let's talk about Processa, if you don't mind. Can you tell us a little about your business and some competitive advantages, please? Sure. So Processa Pharmaceuticals is a pharmaceutical company that's developing next generation chemotherapy drug products. Uh, what I liked and why I joined Processo. Uh, was because this is a unique situation. And having been in oncology for a couple of decades now, I've seen everything from early stage uh, chemotherapy all the way through um, monoclonal antibodies to checkpoint inhibitors to uh, you know now cell, cellular therapies, cell therapies, as well as oncolytic viruses and whatnot. And uh, this is a unique situation in which you, on one hand, it's a de-risk proposition because uh, it's it's evolving chemotherapy drug treatments, right? Which is a you know chemotherapy is known. It's yep. commonly used in first line, second line, widely used, but it has its issues, right? Uh, you know my own situation, for example, uh, you know my sister, she uh, you know unfortunately at a relatively young age, she came down in, in her late twenties. She came down with breast cancer, oh, and then she received chemotherapy treatment and uh, surgery, standard of care. And she recovered, but then a couple of years later, after that, she ended up uh, with uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, another a bloodborne cancer because of the chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And so, when you give chemotherapy, it's like sending in a nuclear bomb, or right. you know, to to attack cancer cells. There's a lot of collateral damage. You have you know issues such as some patients just don't respond to it. So, for example, for one of the drug products we're developing, which is a next generation 
chemotherapy capacitabine. For regular capacitabine, only 20 to 40% of all patients even respond. And then unfortunately, because it has really nasty side effects and high toxicity you know, levels, only you know, about 35 to 70% of all patients on capacitabine, depending upon the indication, they have, you know, they have to go off the drug or they have to have their dose limited. So it's not, you know, optimal, right? Because they can't deal with the, um, you know, with, you know, with the side effects and the toxicity levels. Right. And then you also have, uh, you know, uh, you know, chemotherapy drugs where patients acquire resistance to it. So similar to antibodies, right? The cancer cells. Uh, so for example, for another one of our drug products, next generation chemotherapy, gemcitabine, for regular gemcitabine, about 55 to 70% of all patients, they either have resistance already to it or they acquire you know, resistance you know, through you. And then it, 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 the cancer cells just don't respond, right? It, it, it loses the cancer killing effect right on it. So, uh, we are de- so, so we're developing drugs to overcome these issues, right? And so that's why they're next generation chemotherapy drug products. And, we, and, and so on one hand, while we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We don't have to show that it actually works, right? Because, I mean, because everybody knows knows that chemotherapy works, you know, in general or how they work. Yes. But at the same time, these are not Me Too products. These are not generic products. They're actually new chemical entities and will be afforded the, you know, the commercial advantages of that, which includes having its own J code reimbursement, premium pricing. So it won't be priced as a generic, you know, drug product. So that's why it's sort of, you know, you have that you know, good balance of the two. And that's why I'm really excited about our drug products and our, and, you know, and our, you know, approach and technology. I love that. And from the most part, this is pre, it's still clinical stuff. So we're waiting for approval and for more stuff coming out. Is that correct? Yeah, that's what's great is that we already have two products that are in clinical stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, our NGC or next generation chemotherapy, I'll shorten it to NGC CAP. So CAP being already finished uh, phase 1B study, we're moving on to a phase two in breast cancer. So for example, if my, you know, if we had this drug, pro- drug product around, it could have probably helped my sister, right? Yeah. So just to loop it back. 100%. And then for NGC gemcitabine, that finished a phase 2A study. And uh, we're now moving on to either phase 2B or the last phase, which would be a phase three. So we're in the process of uh, meeting with the FDA right now to come up with the n- next study design and the next steps, right? And, and so it's pretty, so both of those products are pretty late stage, you know, already okay. fairly late stage in Excellent. terms of, oh, sorry, that is in preclinical. So we have, so we have one preclinical drug product. Sorry. Excellent. No, no, no not, not at all. Um, so a few questions here like for investors, a path to profitability. Can you discuss, I know you do cancer and other chronic diseases, the, the total addressable market or the TAM for yeah. what you're going after, please? And then the, how that could lead back to profitability and then future earnings and revenue growth, et cetera, et cetera. Got it, got it. So, uh, so I guess there's two parts. One is the company is going through a pivot or a transition to focus just on oncology. Okay. So in addition to our three oncology drug products, we do have two clinical stage drug products in different areas. One in GI for gastroparesis, which is a big issue these days because of uh, the... Um, uh, the diabetes drug products right now, right? And the, and the side of the number one side effect is gastroparesis, right? Mm-hmm. Which, 
you know, your, you know, it, uh, food basically stops or doesn't move or, you know, and then it's, and it's a really, or it slows down so much that it causes a lot of discomfort. Right. And then, uh, and we have a, uh, you know, also a dermatological drug product. So for those two, we're not focusing on developing those, but, in, but we're in the process of out licensing and partnering those out. So hopefully that will bring in non, non-dilutive capital and all, and, you know, and, and revenue, but non-dilutive capital and act as a catalyst for the company in, in the upcoming year. So we're in the process of uh, discussing and negotiating with various companies right now for, you know, for those two assets. Um, and then turning to the oncology assets, as we all know, uh, you know, you know, oncology afflicts pretty much, you know, everybody, everybody either has a uh, loved one, they themselves are a loved one or a friend that has cancer, right. Or has had cancer. Right. So, it, uh, so uh, for each of our drug products, it's no surprise that, uh, at least in the U.S., um, there will be at least 200,000, there's estimated 200,000 new cancer patients in each for each of those drugs per, per year. And that's just the U.S. alone. And so it's a billion dollar market, right? right. And, and, and the idea is that uh, right now, chemotherapy is widely, widely used, again, in first line, second line, and just throughout, you know, oncology. And by coming up with a truly better, uh, you know, chemotherapy drug product, one that works better, higher efficacy, as well as, uh, you know, higher exposure, but also reduces toxicity levels and reduces adverse events, then we're hoping that we can corner the market. So it could be a pretty, you know, pretty lucrative and pretty big market. Perfect. I love that. Now, let's talk about some uh, risk. How do you handle risk and what are some mistakes you see people make with respect to risk management, please? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, well, first off, that's the beauty of th these technologies is that they're de-risked, as I explained earlier, right? right. It, it, somewhat in that. So I just came from a world where, for example, uh, you know, dealing with cell therapy, you know, questions are asked even, how do you know that stem cell actually reaches the target tumor, right? Uh, you know, through, through you know, if you, if you inject it systemically, does it travel through the bloodstream? So even simple questions like that, you have to prove. Well, in this case, you know, you, you have a situation where you don't have that, right? And you have, um, uh, so the technology itself uh, is, you know, I mean, everybody knows how chemotherapy works. So there's a partially, so there's already a de-risk proposition to begin with. But in addition to that, I think the one area where it really helps is having a really experienced management team. You know, the, uh, I, throughout my career, I learned the, the adage that, you know, uh, that, you know, and also as an investor, you know, you know, myself as well, I've invested in pharmaceutical companies, right? So that you really, it, you know, you know, you really invest uh, in, you know, on, on, you know, it's better to have a, a experience and great management team yes. that can execute right. rather than a great product, right? Because if you have a great product to add technology, but you don't have the management team that can execute it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But even if you have, but if you have a great management team, that can execute and you have a mediocre product that, you know, at least you'll know that it will, that team will execute it all the way through. Right. Yeah. And give it the best shot of success. And so in this case, we have a very experienced management team and development team uh, in Dr. David Young and Dr. Sean Bagora. This is the same team that really um, made act, uh, made quest core. Right. So, so for example, in that situation, that company, when they, uh, David Young, uh, Dr. David Young was a board member, um, and he, they had one product, Actar, that sort of languished for years. 
And so he came on board to, you know, and join the company as a chief scientific officer to really develop that product. And within a year, with no, you know, with no additional studies required, he was able to get the FDA to approve Actar mm. uh, for the first initial indication, and then 18 additional indications. Mm -hmm. And then that really propelled the company. That company went from about 50 cents a share at that time to over $100, and then was eventually, you know, you know, acquired in a billion dollar, multi, you know, in a billion dollar deal. Wow. So Fantastic. he's had over 30, uh, you know, uh, you know, regulatory approvals, you know, to date. So when you have a team like that, that has a, and, and with them, they've developed over decades, a proprietary regulatory science approach to drug development and clinical development. Right. And that's one reason why they've had over 30, uh, you, know, re, you know, regulatory approvals, right? And he's actually uh, a trained FDA reviewers and he's drafted FDA guidance. And in, in, in to take a, real specific, you know, you know, situation right now, the FDA has a uh, project optimist initiative and mandate, and they just issued guidance last year that now requires, uh, you know, oncology pharmaceutical, uh, you know, sorry, oncology pharmaceutical companies to actually uh, come up with an optimal dose for their drug product rather than just a maximum tolerated dose, which yeah. is what, you know, we used to do, right? Yeah. And so some companies are scrambling right now from what I've heard to, and they have to go back and redo studies and do additional studies, but we don't have to do that because, yeah. you know, we, we because we, we, we were already doing that with, with the, the company's proprietary regulatory science approach to development. So that's just one example, right? So I tr truly believe that having an experienced management team, uh, you know, it helps manage risk. I love that. Okay, uh, next question. From a timeless lesson standpoint, what are some timeless lessons you've learned al along the way that you'd like to share with the audience, please? In in what area? <laughs> Life, business, anywhere you want to go. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, I think the best advice I ever received was from the CEO of 1-800-Flowers. Uh, and he was, I believe he was a former founder of Intuit. And, and uh, you know, I met him at a Columbia the alumni event and he and he mentioned that you know the highs are really not that high and the lows are really not that low and he said that when you're making decisions as part of a management team you have to keep that in mind mm -hmm. and so it, it's better to keep an even keel and so you're not making decisions based upon emotion right. you know whether it's high or low yeah. and i thought that that was really good advice especially for managing a company especially for a company that is in our situation where I truly feel it's undervalued. It, you know, it's a, a you know micro cap and with all this potential. And really it takes a steady, even keel of of good decisions and strategy to steadily move the uh, you know company forward and the and to add shareholder value, right? 100%. So that's a great just keep your emotions level. Don't go too high, don't go too low, and then you make emotional decisions and you go all bonkers. Yeah, I love that. By the way, that's, I have a book. It was number one on Amazon for three months about investing yeah. psychological analysis. That's the premise of the book. It's remove, you know, remove the emotions, make rational, not emotional decisions with your money because money is very emotional for people. I love that. Successful. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, how about some timeless mistakes and how to avoid them that you've made or you've seen other people make? Yeah. And, and again, I guess the flip side is I've seen people do things based upon emotion, right? Where it's not doesn't make good business sense, but they're just doing it because, yeah, uh, they feel like they've been wronged, right? And you know, having especially been in, uh, you know, I, I of course having been a chief legal officer and a, an attorney, 
I've been through a ton of disputes. And I think a lot of times things can be resolved without having go, having to go to litigation. And I, you know, I, and I've seen a company, um, uh, you know, so for example, one situation, I won't name the company, but there was a company that I was uh, in senior management and I was the chief legal officer at one point in time. And I convinced the CEO not to, um, you know, not, not, not to file suit because of the possible unintended consequences of it. You know, the other party could counter sue. Right. And after I left year, many years later, he decided to sue. Oh, wow. And uh, that uh, based upon the counter suit, they ended up owing more than what they were getting. Oh, wow. And a lot more, like to the tune of 50, 60 million more. Whoa. And that ended up bankrupting the company. The company filed for bankruptcy. So, you know, that's that's just things. So it's sort of the flip side of that is that don't do things just on emotion either. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. So um, what about leadership? Can you speak about that, please? And what makes a great leader? Yeah, great. So I'll I'll go back to the 1-800-Flowers.com CEO again, because he also told me that Hey, one thing that you 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 need to remember is that you know he said if you ever become a CEO or you're in senior management, is that you didn't do this alone. It right. takes a whole team, mm-hmm. and um, therefore you, you know you you should not just succeed by yourself either. You need to bring everybody with you, and it goes for the entire company that every um, uh, individual has you know place in the company and it's important, right? So. Uh, you know, and 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 I think company uh, culture is very very important, you mm-hmm. know, as well. And I think there's something to be said about that. Uh, I I have uh, been with some companies where uh, it, it was all about, you know, you know, business, which is great, right? But they forgot about the people, right? right. And you forget that the people are what drive the business. Again, you'd rather have an excellent management team, an excellent team in general, rather than a mediocre one. Right. Right. And you have to also, and, and that means bringing in talent. That means bringing in people that uh, share your vision and your goals. And that's also another reason why I love the book, you know, um, good, good to great. Yeah. Right. Yes. Because, and the very first uh, number one, uh, I guess, step, first step and number one rule is to bring on a management team that shares your vision and your values. Right. 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 And so it's all about the people for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. And now let's talk about some adversity or obstacles you've had to overcome. How do you handle adversity? I'm going to guess and go on a limb here. You do it in a rational, not emotional way, but any other thing you want to share, by all means, please share it. Yeah, no, no. So, uh, you know, when I uh, joined Procesa, I, I knew that it was going to be a bit of a, uh, uh, you know, transition, right? So again, it's, it's a company going through transition, uh, the stock price and uh, along with a lot of other companies over the past couple of years had floated down. Right. And they were looking for uh, new leadership to yeah. sort of, you know, you know, you know, move it right uh, in the right direction. And so really it was a challenge. The first few um, months were just cor- dealing with corporate strategy. Mm-hmm. I think in the first couple of months I had at least three or four board meetings and a lot of it was just strategy, ma- you know, making sure we had the right messaging making sure that we had, uh, you know, and I developed a 30, 60, 90 day uh, goal, right? And uh, it was very difficult because, you know, our stock price was low. We were um, uh, under a dollar. So we weren't meeting the NASDAQ minimum price, stock price rule. Right. And, uh, you know, could have been, you know, delisted. Right. Uh, 
And so we went through the process of going through that to first, you know, uh, you know, build the corporate strategy, uh, have, you know, simpler messaging. And then, you know, eventually we had to do a reverse split, right. To, uh, you know, to, you know, you know, to, to, to regain compliance. Yeah. And then we had, you know, we executed on our, uh, clinical strategy. So we had, uh, you know, what I think was great data that came out, you know, um, on both safety and efficacy. And then, uh, we were able to do a raise on that because, we, you know, we needed to fund. So another obstacle is, you know, even if you have good news, but you don't have, um, the money to right. move the product forward, you know, your stock's not going to move. Right. So, so now we have the funds that will take us all, you know, to into 2025, help us weather through 2024. And at the same time, also, uh, you know, we have the funds to initiate our phase two study for our lead asset. Nice. So achieved all our goals within the last six months, but it took a lot of work to get through all that. Right. It was a lot of planning, a <laughs> lot of thoughtfulness and, um, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and a lot of execution. So. Love it. Final question, best piece of advice you'd like to share with the audience or give your 30 year old self? Wow. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, best piece of advice. You know, I, you know, I'd say that I, you know, that it's, so this is just in general, right? This is not a, a not, yeah. not this. It, Anywhere you want to go. Yeah. So I, so I would say, uh, you know, and, and I think part of it is probably the stage of my life and my career, uh, where, you know, Aristotle once said that you can say that you have, you were happy at various times in your life, but you can't say that you led a good life until you lived a long time and you can look back and reflect or if death is at your door. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, uh, in, in, you know, so more recently, um, uh, you know, I, I, uh, there's, there's quite a few, uh, folks around me that, um, for, for some odd reason have had physical ailments or, or deaths in the family or themselves, including right. one of my groomsmen from, you know, from my wedding. Mm -hmm. And one thing I regret and wish I could tell my 30 year old self is to stop and really, um, you know, connect with your friends and your family, uh, you know, focus on them, um, you know, you know, as well, and try to have a better work-life balance. You know, I know it's tough, right? Because, you know, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm probably speaking to the choir right now. To, go, to, go. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just our world and really taking time to really, you know, enjoy your family and your friends. And um, in, in the case of my friend, you know, my, uh, you know, you know, one of my groomsmen at my wedding and former uh, law school uh, classmate, um, you know, I, I had, lost touch for a while and then uh you know fortunately uh you know he he ended up passing away unexpectedly uh for no reason right in the middle of the night mm -hmm. in his sleep and i didn't really get a chance to really you know um you know catch up with him and see him over the last few years right because i've been so busy so right. i think that's one of the things that i would advise is to really you know prioritize your family and friends too Absolutely love it, George. I think that is one of the best pieces of advice we've ever gotten. It's just, you know, it's almost like elevate yourselves like an eagle looking down or 30,000 view foot, get out of the rat race and just going through the motions and wake up and then tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yeah, just smell the roses, slow down, smell the roses. I love it. That's right. So 
George, it was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. The ticker symbol is PCSA. People can learn more by going to processofpharmaceuticals.com. And then there's the investors page there and they can learn more there. But hopefully we'll have you on again too. This was absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Adam. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it.